Speak softly loud and hold me warm against your heart. I hear your words, the tender trembling moments die. Welcome everybody, and it's another episode of Hollywood Godfather Podcast, and my co-writer and friend, Pat Pitcherell is along. Hi everybody. And Megan Horan is with us. Oh. Hello everyone. Back again. Back again, here we are. Well, we have some really interesting topics tonight. We're going to get right into it, and as usual, I got into wound in this early on in my life. <laughs> Oh, what? that's so surprising. Yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the topic, sir? Oh, okay. I was I was waiting for you to ask. Funny you should ask. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking trash. Uh, for those uh, of our, uh, our French listeners, uh, we have many subscribers in France. That would be garbage. Garbage. Well, garbage. You guys didn't know I spoke French, right? No, no, no. Garbage. That's the only word I know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the uh, garbage business, or as the mob likes to call it and some other people, the carding industry uh, is heavily infiltrated by the mafia. Uh, and it came about uh, in the 1950s, in New York City anyway. In other areas of, of the country, the dates uh, differ. But in 1953, or up until 1953, anybody that wanted their garbage picked up just put their cans uh, on the uh, street corner like everybody else. But then the city said, why should we be picking up the garbage from commercial businesses when they're making money they should be paying to have their trash removed? And the private carting industry was born. And the mafia seeing an opening to get in legitimate business, uh, not so much by legitimate means, started to buy up uh, carting uh, services, opening their own. And truth be told, uh, at the beginning, or uh, you know, at trying to make an entree into these businesses that they wanted to buy, they didn't strong on uh, strong on anybody. They just said, "We'd like to buy a business. We're going to pay you more than it's worth." Uh, what do you say? And most of the businesses uh, said, yeah, perhaps maybe they knew who they were dealing with, but they, uh, they climbed on board. And for those who didn't, uh, maybe they, they, they got convinced by, you know, a six foot two late notice, you know, walked into the office. <laughs> but the other thing that, that's interesting about that too, a lot, because uh, one of my closest friends, Angelo Ponte, and uh, they own Ponte uh, Carding, and they, they still own a big recycling plant in New Jersey, cans and cardboard, they become multi-millionaires. But a lot of the people who did sell stayed on and operated under their banner as managers and owners, and that's how they expanded so fast. Right, and uh, uh, those companies who would not sell out, rather than force them out and get uh, on the radar of law enforcement, they just started to undercut their prices. Yeah. Just like the business would do in uh, in competition, only uh, they knew that they weren't going to be losing money for long. They drove these other companies out of business. They bought up smaller companies. They combined it into larger companies. But of course, like any organization or any industry, they needed somebody to run the garbage business. So uh, the gentleman we're going to be talking about tonight is a guy by the name of Squalante. Uh, he was born in 1917, and he was known as the world's shortest made uh, uh, member of the mafia. Did <laughs> it to five foot What two. a great title, huh? Yeah, right. That's like the world's tallest midget. I mean, what does that mean? You know. Uh, anyway, he admitted to being five foot two, but most everybody said he was under five feet tall. Oh my gosh! Wow. Uh, and uh, but he 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 had a gang uh, that he operated uh, with uh, uh, prior to getting into garbage, so to speak. Uh, get a load of some of these names. I love these names. I guess that's the later uh, part of me, but uh, I've got them written down here. Just bear with me. Okay. Pasta Vazula was one guy's name. I his guess last... you like Pasta Vazula. <laughs> yeah, Pasta Vazula. Vazula was his real name. 
Joey Surprise, Nanny the Geep, Shats, that's S-H-A-T-S, The Sidge, Fungi, and Joe Stutz. There you go. They must be brothers or, 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 or a singing group. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so uh, Squalanti decided that, well, this is uh, uh, ripe to, to organize. You can make a lot of money. Now, he was never known to be a violent guy. Uh, there was rumors around that he uh, was involved in some hits, but there were just rumors law enforcement doesn't have any information along those lines. He probably but, passed them along. Along, yeah, well, along with his height, it's five for two. He wanted to be well, I, I, Yeah, you're right. Who's going to be afraid of this guy? But he <laughs> uh, a very good friend of Albert Anastasia. And they, they worked together. So he approached Anastasia, and basically he put the garbage business at his disposal. <laughs> and it takes me a while to write this. At least you people could do this half a lot. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, he was the absolute czar of garbage. I don't know if anybody would like to brag about that. But this is a lot of money in this. Oh, my God. Billions yeah. now. Yeah, but millions then. I mean, you know, t to this day, correct me if I'm wrong, and I usually am, uh, law enforcement doesn't really go near this the garbage business. They know that the mob runs it. Why haven't they enforced it? For instance, they put the Fulton Fish Market out of business. Right. They were, you know, the, the, the king of fish on the East Coast. You had to go through the Fulton Fish Market, which the mob ran. So they got them out of there under, under Rudy Giuliani. Why didn't they get them out of the garbage business? Well, I think the problem was, I mean, it's so mass, and they are so successful with it, and they're really not breaking the law. The few people... And Giuliani, as I remember, when he was the district attorney, he cleaned it up pretty good. In fact, that's what brought Angelo Ponte to his knees because they already had like 85 trucks on the road. And what, what, the, uh, what we're missing in letting our audiences know, nobody really wanted to do the business and the city didn't want it anymore. But how they raised the prices, basically, was shaking down the restaurants and the businesses they were picking up from. So if you weren't being picked up by them, soon after that you were because certain people, like you said, a Luco Brazzi would show up and now you're gonna be paying $5 more a can. And uh, what's $5? See, it wasn't, it wasn't such a, a big thing, but $5 a can and you have 20 cans out there a night, you know, every other day, it gets to be big money. Well, yeah, and plus the fact is the, the sheer size of the city. Oh, I know. You got the, the $5 an extra a can would translate to thousands of dollars a day, if not more. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like the concrete business. Still in New York, a lot of these people who organize the trash are still in the concrete business, ready mix. And uh, did any any other state or any other city in the world, or in the United States, concrete in New York City is ten dollars more a yard delivered, and well, nobody and nobody's ever touched it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the Gambino family uh, has the majority of, of the uh, carding companies, in addition to uh, construction, the waterfront docks. Yeah. Business was their mainstay outside of uh, gambling and prostitution. Yeah. Back in the day before drugs came along, but uh, apparently garbage is a very big business. Now Squalanti wasn't well liked. Uh, he was uh, always getting on everybody's nerves, except Albert Anastasia. Anastasia protected him, and on that famous uh, October day, October twenty fifth, nineteen fifty seven, right. How do I remember that? Because my father, I mean, I was 11 years old. And my father came home and he was upset. Uh, I don't know who he knew, whether he was a friend of Anastasia's. I wasn't uh, familiar with it. But I remember him talking to my mother about this, and he was really upset. Now, what people don't know, well, anyway, Anastasia was, was shot while getting a shave and a haircut. Apparently, the shave was a little bit too close. Mm -hmm. and, but how many bullets? Uh, 
Tell them how many well, bullets were expelled. <laughs> well, uh, Joey Gallo came in. They were armed with revolvers, and they came in and they kept on shooting. Uh, uh, Anastasia got out of the chair and went for these guys. This guy's a tough guy. Yeah. But he, he was weighted down by too much lead. But, <laughs> but a lot of people didn't know, and I didn't know, that Squalanti was in the chair next to him. Oh, wow. But, yeah, he was getting a haircut. The famous last words, which I also wrote down. Okay. Uh yeah, he was in chair n number two, uh, and uh, at the Park Sheridan. Park Sheridan. Yeah. Uh, 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 pardon me. Albert was in chair number two. Squalanti was in chair number five. So he was three chairs away. Uh, people uh, don't understand because the barber business has changed. A lot of barber businesses, even small barber businesses, had multiple chairs, and yeah. one person owned it, and they went there outside barbers to handle the business. Now, usually, you get your haircut as one person operating out of their home. I mean, if you live in small-town America or whatever. Well, but New York, it's still the same way. They they, oh, they lease you the chair, and it's like a 60-40 cut. The owner gets 60, you get 40. Well, when uh, they started to shoot the joint up, uh, Squalanti was quoted as saying, I'm out of here, uh, famous last words, and he took off. Now, How'd he get out, though? The fifth chair is further in the back. Uh-huh. Well, that's, I mean, they, they weren't looking for anybody else. For all they knew, uh, Squilanti was a civilian. They didn't know. They, they just went after Albert, you know, and they, they did the job and they left. But now Squilanti has no protection anymore. Uh, once Albert was gone, in fact, Joe Falacci Joe addressed this in 1964 when he testified for the... Uh, uh, Keith Albert Commission. No, the Keith Albert Commission was in 1953. Oh, this was, okay. yeah. They have him every so often, but anyway, he he brought up Squalanti, and it's exactly what he said. Once Albert was gone, Squalanti's days were numbered. That was the quote, and I re remember hearing that back in the day. And I said, "Who the hell is this guy, Squalanti?" I mean, he operated way under the radar, and why not? He was just doing garbage. I mean, uh, right, he was, right. well, he would have been out, he would have been out anyway, Squalanti, if he stayed there because. Gambino took over everything that uh, well, Anastasia had. Well, Gambino uh, orchestrated the hit on Anastasia. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And he did yeah, it well, to take I'm, everything you know, over. Yeah, so, I'm just you know so, addressing. No, but Squal Squalanti would have been gone anyway, no matter what. How did yeah, he die? What me? How did he die? No one really knows. Uh, all they know is that Gambino went after him because uh, Anastasia was gone. And as I said, no one liked this guy. Uh, you know, I, I would I would think that there were several attempts on his life, but he was so short the bullets went over his head. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Anastasia was was adamant about he, he not putting your hands on my guy, Squalanti, and he was untouched. 1961 rolls around, and... Uh, he vanished. And there are several theories as to what happened. Uh, one is Gambino uh, had him whacked. Another one was he had so many women on the side. This guy, Squilanti, was known as a ladies' man. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Uh, he was a ladies' man. I mean, I could think up some really good jokes. Oh, but no, no, we can't. we got a clean audience. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing, but no. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it was said, it was said, and this was this was a theory uh, 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 put out by the NYPD that uh, some of these women got together. In fact, a lot of these women got together, and they all stabbed him to death at the what? same time. They, one of the women lured him in, and I didn't, I would imagine, it didn't take very much. And when he got to the, the, the woman's house apartment, whatever, a whole bunch of crazed women with sharp knives came out of various rooms, caught him up. That's that's such a bizarre story. I know, but it's, it sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds like you wrote it. One <laughs> of your mystical novels. <laughs> how did they supposedly get rid of the body? Well, it wasn't hard. They probably put him in an envelope. Uh, he was a short guy. You know? <laughs> uh, they, all, know. they all they all they took a piece. Coming. They all took a piece home with them. <laughs> oh man! Hold on, maybe they had Squilanti burgers. But the bottom line is this: knowing women, not that I'm a womanizer or anything, but knowing oh. women in my past, it's very hard to get women together 
when they're in love or are being romanced by the same guy. I can't see yeah. how you get six or seven women. Come on over my apartment tonight. We're going to cut up Squalante. Well, I'm sure if this is true, which I doubt, uh, he got lured there by one. Uh, and the rest of them just popped out. And the, I know, but how would you get them there? I'm still saying. I, I, well, they I, probably they probably had something against him at that point, whether he screwed them over, did them wrong. Well, well you're, you're, you're a woman, though. I mean, if a lady called you and you your boyfriend was cheating on you, would you help her or would you get involved with it? I don't think so. I mean, it's, I it's personally wouldn't get involved in such a situation. Not you, but I think, not you, but I think women. No girls women. who have girls who could have been wronged by the same man. Yeah, maybe there would be enough of them that were angry enough. That's so bizarre. You know, I, well, that's that's something to keep in mind. When girls we, can, when, girls when can team it. up against guys sometimes. But I think they were friends to begin with, weren't it? I don't know. What do I know? I don't, who knows? But uh, anyway. Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. And, and uh, Vincent has gone down in mob history as a huge earner. Everybody hated, but uh, true to mob form, uh, they they let the guy alone because he was bringing in a lot of money. You know, that's what it's all about. What that's that's what it's all about. If he wasn't doing this and everybody hated him, he would have been gone a long time ago. He would pissed somebody off and they would have did him in. Yeah. But uh, I remember my father's uh, restaurant. Uh, it was on the corner of uh, Bayard and Elizabeth. Uh, these sanitation guys used to come into the into the into the restaurant. They were there to pick up trash. But they'd eat first. They just parked the truck. These trucks are huge. And the the streets in Little Italy are very narrow. I mean, if, if you're parked behind a garbage truck, you're there until a garbage truck decides it's going to move. Well, even in New York yet, you know, late at night, if you, like I do, I walk around a lot. But late at night, when these trucks are stopping to pick up pails and you're behind them, You'll wait until they get to the next red light to get past them. You could be there five or ten minutes as they empty the street out. A half hour sometimes. But yeah, exactly. you, you, well, you're going to back uh, down. You have to go back down a, a, a one-way street. But these guys used to come in there, and they—I mean, they'd eat. They, they wouldn't take anything to go. They'd sit down, and you hear horns honking outside. They didn't care. Yeah. They would back up traffic, uh, you know, to the corner, and people realized they couldn't turn into that into that block. Right. As far as we know, was arrested uh, for a serious crime only once, and uh, and sometime in the, in the, in the 1950s, uh, on uh, charged with extortion linked to garbage removal contracts at uh, Mitchell Field, which is a, a U.S. Air Force base. Now, if you're going to extort anybody, you try not to extort the federal government. Yeah, hello. <laughs> so he was caught. And uh, another interesting thing, uh, those of you who are into uh, spies. He shared a cell with uh, Rudolf Abel. Rudolf Abel was a Russian spy who uh, worked with the Rosenbergs. He actually went to a federal prison, and well, went, it was a federal crime. And but I know, but shared the cell with it. I mean, yeah. I, I, these stories sound so far fetched. No, no. Well, Abel, no, this is true because uh, Abel uh, was held in, in a in a federal prison, and eventually he was traded. As they sometimes do, they trade spies. He was uh, traded for Francis Gary Powers, who piloted the uh, U-2 spy craft, uh, spy plane, I should say, over Russia during the Russia summit meeting with uh, President Eisenhower. I mean, Eisenhower swore that we weren't spying on Russia. Khrushchev comes into this uh, historic summit, and during the summit, Francis Gary Powers gets shot down. I mean, how do you talk your way out of that one? Hello. So, so I mean, the, the summit was a failure. Our country was embarrassed because even when he was shot down, uh, Eisenhower denied that we had any spies because he figured, you know, these spy planes, the U-2 in particular, flew at about 90,000 feet. I Jeez. mean, this was a small plane flying really high, and what are the odds it's going to get shot down? And if it does, what are the odds that the uh, pilot's going to survive? What did they use to shoot it down? A missile. What, I, what wow. else do you have? Uh, but anyway, shot down at a very high height. Uh, Eisenhower thought that he, he can get away with, with lying, a, bold, a bold-faced lie that we didn't have a spy plane above uh, uh, Russia. He was paraded before the world press in handcuffs. And I think he was in prison for about three or four years, and they worked a deal 
to trade Powers for Abel. Uh, but he uh, he uh, Squalanti was his uh, was his cellmate. Powers eventually went, went on to fly a weather helicopter for a news station, and that crashed, and he was killed. Well, somebody must have took him out finally. I would think so. They probably shot him down again. They shut him up. <laughs> so who 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 actually uh, where we're going with the story? Who actually led? the whole conviction of all these garbage collectors. Was it Giuliani? It was Robert F. Kennedy. When he was, he, he, he wasn't a, a, a senator at the time. He was working in some kind of a, a committee before he became a senator. Uh, and he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a boss. He just worked there. So he was part of a prosecution team. Oh, oh, oh yeah, because I was uh, saying that. I, I don't remember. <laughs> You know, the Kennedys, I mean, Robert Kennedy as an attorney general going after the rubbish business. Well, like you said, uh, after Scalanti was arrested, just this one extortion plot, and he did time, uh, he was uh, released on bail and uh, $50,000, he showed up, and uh, he was convicted, but I, I don't know what kind of time he got. The point is, as you said earlier, they don't want this golden goose cooked. I mean, one guy goes to jail and they don't want any more uh, people looking into this industry. So they probably tightened it up, told everybody, shut up, do your job, pick up garbage, and let's get on with our lives. Well, uh, the guy I was talking about earlier, they actually infiltrated his business. They're, his father, as you you remember, Pat, off oh, a, a great off, off a canal in West Side, and, and West, West, the West Side Highway. <laughs> was Ponty's restaurant. It's still there. Well, I used to go to it. And the grandfather created it. And the grandfather was so wealthy with his business, he started buying up all that area down there, Tribeca. In fact, um, Bobby De Niro's building, he, he bought from Pent uh, Ponty Equities. But he was buying buildings for $17,000 in the 20s and 30s. And now you get apartments down there that are $2 million an apartment. But this family, why I'm bringing this up, this family was so wealthy. And one, just one facet of the stone was the rubbish business and the carting business. And they just opened this whole recycling plant. And uh, my memory serves me right, it was Giuliani that cracked down on. Yeah, I think, yeah. 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 And he, they cracked down on because of the extortion and, and the ways they were getting their accounts. And Pont, they, this guy infiltrated Ponty's restaurant, became a friend, and then everybody liked him. And if you know anything about Angelo Ponty or Vinnie Ponty, that, these guys were just likable guys, and they had all the money in the world. Their father made it for them, but they managed it. Their grandchildren today, they own so many buildings today, right now. If anybody in the audience look up Ponty, Ponty's equities, their holdings are insane. But why I'm building this picture of this guy who needed nothing in his life, and then Giuliani picked on Angelo Ponty. I mean, a pillar of the, of the community, giving money away and all of that. And they made a deal where he, he he wouldn't do any time. If he pleaded to the to the charges, he would do no time. What were the charges? Uh, you know, extortion and how they, you know, muscled their way into. Because this guy that they became friends with him, he said, I can get some accounts for you. They said, well, get them. We'll give you a piece of them. But he was the one who was the informant wearing a wire and scaring people, and a lot of times, Vinnie Ponte or, or, or the other brothers, they'd have them come. They wanted to meet the guy, and they were These petrified. Guys were up at all. What was that? These guys weren't mobbed up. They weren't. Uh, they weren't associates. They were yeah. restaurant owners. Yeah. Real... yeah well, right. well, they said that you know, uh, because of they were under the umbrella of the Gambino family, they were mobbed up. And that's what they were trying Giuliani. to do. Think Giuliani, what happened? Well, what happened was he takes the plea deal. The fine is $17 million. That's a lot of squingeely. Hello. 
And when they get in front of the judge, and, oh, for our audience, when he said scungili, because that's what the restaurant served for you non-Italians. Scungili is a fish dish. <laughs> mm. What but kind anyway, of fish? It's a weird, it's, it sounds it's, like it's a, a shellfish. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. I love You can have it in red sauce. You can have cold salad with calamari and, and, and uh, clams. It's, 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 it's great. It's a little chewy, a little chewy, but it's really good. Well, if you don't buy the mm. right kind, it's chewy. You're right. It's like bad yeah. steak. But you get yeah. La Monica Calamari. Forget about it. It's, it's, it's a lot of money. But it's good. So, so, so this guy's promised if he cooperates, there's going to be no problem, according to Giuliani. Yeah, that's the deal they made. But when they went in front of the judge, the judge didn't go along with it. He said, no, he's going to do time. I knew you accepted the deal, but I'm the judge. He gave him five years. This guy was so close to me. Soon as he got that, I mean, he started to deteriorate. Looked like by the minute, because he had his grandchildren. They didn't. I mean, they knew nothing about this family being tied to the Gambinos and all that. And the newspapers ran crazy with it that this guy did three years before they took him out. He had a heart attack, and because of his ill health, but they destroyed him with his family. He just felt so bad that his grandchildren, and after two or three generations of his own sons having sons, that they got destroyed by Giuliani. And um, he was never the same. The whole family was never the same. They got out of the trash business. They stayed with their real estate, which nobody could touch. But um, I never seen an image of a bonafide, respected Italian family go down the drain so fast because of Giuliani. It, it was treacherous. Well, he, he was known, I mean, he was looking for higher political office. He didn't care who he hurt. Oh, I know. And he went after the I, Italians I, first. Hello. Yeah, I told you he uh, he tried to lock me up, right? No. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, talking to, or as he put it, put it consorting with Italians in Little Italy. Oh my God, who would do something like that? Wow. How'd you, how'd you find any Italians in Little Italy? That's surprising. Yeah. And <laughs> there's also a Chinese uh, mobster sitting at this table with us. Okay. So what we're doing is eating. That place is replete with FBI agents, judges, yeah, cops. They're all consorting then. And they are, yeah, they're consorting. You talk to somebody. But anyway, he, <laughs> you know, arresting a police officer is. Uh, Makes the news. Did they right? arrest you? Close to it. Oh. Uh, a, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but you can probably figure it out. A uh, well-known young uh, television news reporter was having lunch with Giuliani because they were close. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Gianni says, we're going to get this cop. And uh, so... Uh, uh, my friend, the reporter, says, well, this could be a story. What's his name? And he mentions my name, and his reporter's jaw dropped. He said, he's squeaky clean. I know the guy. We're friends and all this. So he said, uh, so Giuliani likes this reporter. Always did, because he was he was always giving him He story. always write about him. Good, good oh, man. yeah. So Giuliani was, was a star because of this reporter. So he tells the reporter, okay, I'm going to send one of my guys down, an ADA, with you to meet with me. Me, I'm talking about, not Giuliani. And the, the, the three of you are going to talk about this, and I'm going to go on what my ADA says, whether we're going to indict, indict this guy or not. That's me. I don't know anything about any. I don't know what, what's going on. And you no, knew nothing about this. Nothing about this. July 12th was the day I get a call. How do I know that? It's my birthday. Well, so yeah, I remember that too. Oh, there you go. Because you're six months after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to the day. So anyway, so this reporter said to me, uh, I want you to drop what you're doing and come down to a, a restaurant. It was owned by a big photographer on the east side, a fashion photographer. I forgot his name. It was named after him. It'll come to me probably three o'clock in the morning. Anyway. <laughs> It's my birthday. I'm going out with my girlfriend. He says, no, you're not. He said, you're coming down here, and you're coming down here yesterday. Like, now. That scared me. So without even calling my date, I get in my car, 
And I race down there and I go into the restaurant. There's the reporter. And there's this guy I don't know. And I sit down. Now I'm starting to get a little scared here because the guy looks like a an ADA, cheap suit. You know, I mean, out of law school type of guy. Right, right. And uh, this, well, this... You know what? You should let our, our, our audience know what an ADA is. Assistant District Attorney. Yeah, because most people don't know that. In, in, in this case, it, it was for the Southern District. Okay, so it was a federal ADA. It's an AUSA, uh, Assistant uh, State U.S. Attorney or something. It's a, AUSA, they call them. Anyway, so, I mean, now I'm saying, you know, for, 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 for this reporter friend of mine to get me down there under these circumstances, I'm scared. So he, this reporter mediated this. It was a sit-down, basically, between the lawyer and me. Lawyers ask me questions. And the reporter is moderating, so to speak. And at the end of the meeting, he went. This guy went back to Giuliani and said, "This guy was just hungry that night. He's sitting down with some friends of his. That's it." And I got away with it. And I dedicated. If you want to, here's a way to sell books. Now think about this: if the viewers, listeners, want to know who this reporter is, buy Bloodshot Eyes because I dedicate the book to him. It's on I'm, the gonna first... have to open, I'm gonna have to open my book and see who oh. it was. Why, why don't you, Megan? Why don't you open your book and tell the audience who it is? <laughs> I can see where it's up on my bookshelf right there. I can see it. Get now. it, get it, get it. I want to know. They got to see for themselves. Oh. This reporter has gone on to much bigger and better things than being a reporter. He's he's a household name now. So I just don't want to mention it. And it's it's in print anyway. I mean, yeah. I put it in the, you know. You know, I mean, we've been friends, and I did him a couple of favors. He did me a couple of favors. You know what friends do, you know? Very, very nice guy. Never forgets his friends. He didn't have to do that for me. That's great. And never forgets his friends. So what is the moral of the story? Empty your own garbage? Apparently. <laughs> As I said before, I'm going to use it again. Don't have garbage at your disposal. You know, <laughs> my attitude is low profile, man. I've, I've conducted my life that way. And this guy, Squalanti... Uh, got as close to that as he possibly could by running a legitimate industry, even though he had the protection of uh, of Albert. Well, that that's not lowing. That's not a low image. Well, he, it was being with, I, just the fact I, that he was in the same barbershop. shop. He was around Albert a lot and under the microscope. I, I, well, he was. I mean, he was all. He, he was. He wasn't in the press. I mean, nobody did stories on him. Well, uh, he was not but, a colorful figure yet. But, you yeah. know, and and no, then it was a lot like CNN today, and this this press and cameras. Everybody's got cameras and and, and filming and selling it to you. I mean, it. Uh, I, I I was wondering. I never heard of the guy, and not that I know everybody that was down there. And it was, but you it's know, supposed to show you that you know this guy uh, obviously had a smart business head. He was running his own carding company plus uh, a couple of carding companies. Plus, he actually was the uh, silent partner, whatever he was. He was running everything in the city of New York, and it it, it takes. Oh, I, yeah. I, I I doubt that. <laughs> well, yeah, but he was the guy that you went to. But I'm saying he's not running everything in New York. All the other families went to him. I don't think so. He was help. He was because he had Albert. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, that did certainly help. But after Albert went, so did he. No, yeah. he went to visit him in that. Uh, Gangland in the sky, so to speak. <laughs> and he never, never came back. If oh, I can interject, please so, to go back to um, what we were talking about earlier, one of the theories of how Squalante was killed, talking about those women who ganged up on him. Right. It was supposedly a bunch of women who were girlfriends, wives, mothers, or sisters of men he had killed. Oh, okay. So there's there's Whoa, the commonality. There you go. Now that's it how makes you get sense. them to band together. Exactly. There had ah. to have been something. Oh, I that. And you just did that on your own now? I did. I mean, Pat had sent me notes earlier. I was referencing that. Oh, so, wow. Yes. Pat, I that, didn't read my notes. That was, I was going to say, <laughs> that's, that's a great piece of information. Oh. I, to me, I'm sitting here saying, why would all these women do it? Now we know why. Somebody organized these ladies who would taken down by their husbands or boyfriends and by this idiot. They, they got rid of them. Now this, it makes this, sense. Makes the, story, makes the story even more exciting. <laughs> well, this is what happens when you get old. You can't even read your own notes. 
Thank you, Megan. <laughs> You're welcome, Pat. That, that's why we have it here. When we originally decided to have Megan, we needed somebody that's coherent 24 hours. <laughs> 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 not, a nice not, 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 not in the wee hours in the morning we start to forget who we were or are yeah. Yeah, how, how often do you have, have, have you and I talked and all of a sudden we stop talking and say what the hell are we talking about let's call Meg yeah let's call Meg <laughs> straighten, straighten us out here yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's so crazy Oh, that's good. It, it, uh, was this a request by somebody that wanted to notice about Squalante? No, you know what? I, I've been, uh, you know, we, we talk about famous famous gangsters and all. I've been doing a deep dive into people nobody ever heard of, but ha had a presence within organizations uh -huh. that, uh, you know, this is part of what we do. Well, I'm talking about a guy who, who does that as a writer also. And uh, he's promised to be on our show, which I'm really excited about, is Mark, Mark Seal. Oh, great we have yeah. a lot of Marks, but Mark yeah. Seal, for the people who, you know, are, are big magazine writers and book writers, readers rather, they, he's probably one of the most prominent writers. And he's had an avocation just with the Godfather film itself. He wrote a big story, the 20, uh, 25th anniversary. He, every time, I mean, he's very generous to me. Uh, we became friends. In fact, when he was doing the Madoff story, he called me up, and I said, "Well, if you want to meet him, come in," because he was under, you know, he was under indictment, but he was out yet. And he he eats at a restaurant right around the corner. He's you kidding me? I said, "No, he's here every Sunday night. I know the guy." And I I introduced him to. Madoff and his wife. He couldn't believe it. And I, two weeks later, obviously, the guy was indicted and convicted, and it, that was the end of it. But uh, he never forgot that. And why I'm bringing it up, he has been very close to me and, and includes me in so many books. And now there's a new book that just came out, and it's on the, on the market right now and, some, and getting great reviews. And you'll know the line from a movie I happen to be in is take the cannolis and leave the gun. Or well, take, actually, or take, the way around. Right? Leave, leave the, the gun, take oh, the cannolis. Right, whatever it was. I, Either way. She wasn't my line, so I never learned it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, even before you and I spoke about this, Johnny, a few hours ago, uh, this book is all over the place. And like you said, great reviews. It's a bestseller already. He's doing extremely well. And when you told me he's going to be a guest on the show, I said, "Gee, I think I'll drop around for that show." Yeah, I, I gotta, this guy. No, I, I, I want to read this book. It's Mark yeah. Seal, and uh, it's it, he wrote the book, and it's, it's ironically published by Simon and Schuster, which is owned by Viacom, who happens to own Paramount. So I'm, I, this is the things we've been telling our audience that. The, the next year of what's going on because of March 14th, 1972, when the movie first came out, I mean, 71, when it first came out, they won the Oscars in 72. That's what confused me. But it, it's, it's amazing. Everything, like even the offer that's being made as a six-hour mini, a 10-hour miniseries, and, and so many things. And just for our listeners, I think you're going to be hearing and seeing so many people that have been a part of this this whole 50 years segment. If they're alive, we're going to have them, and I'm excited about it. And Mark is going to kick it off in the next week or two, so tune in because uh, there's a, a lot of great things happening for us. Yeah, that's, that's great. Simon & Schuster is the publisher of the book? Yep. I and Gianni, oh, so go ahead, Pat. Sorry, uh, I wonder if they're kicking themselves in the ass for uh, uh, turning down our book when we were trying to sell it. Well, you know what's interesting? They they made up for it because I I think I told you though, or our agent yeah, told they you they, they bought Great Britain, they bought Italy, they bought about six countries. Yeah, they also bought Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made money with us. Yeah, always nice to spread it around. I am nothing would please me more than, you know, our current publisher turns us down because I'd like to 
reunite with Viacom in as many ways as I can. They've been so good to me, generous, and you know, I'm I'm the ambassador to the food brand. For the audience who don't know that, we there's a food brand that's going skyrocketing now because of this film also, and it's Corleone Fine Italian, and you go on a website, it's up already, and you can order this stuff. We have Clemenza's meat sauce in a jar, Genco olive oil, a fictitious company that was created by Mario Puzo in a book. I now represent, which I, I think is amazing, but um, we got so many great things going on. I think we are- What were you gonna Megan? I was gonna say, Gianni, you were right when you first said about the movie, The Godfather, it came out in 72. So you were right about that, the Oscars were- Yeah, it came out, that's so right, I just wanted, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We finished it. I just wanted to make sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I shouldn't remember that date because the other date that's etched in my brain was June 28, 1971, when the big rally where Joe Colombo was shot and I was supposed to be at it. And uh, then the movie came out that that, that February, 72. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, and I got a commercial in for us too. Look, we made money talking about Corleone Fine Italian Foods. There we go. There we go. With these. So we could take a break for another commercial, and then we'll go to the mailbag. How's that? Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. We know where you live. Today's show is being sponsored by Cordelione Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Cordelione Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include... Pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy. Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces. Marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com That's CorleoneFineItalian.com All right, we're back for the mailbag. Okay, let's get into it. Please. First we have is from Laurie. Laurie says, Hi Gianni, both Frank Collada and Joseph Iannuzzi have written cookbooks. When can we expect you to do a cookbook too? Frank Collada, boy. I mean, you know, I'm I'm laughing at all of these guys. Frank Collada, for people who don't know who he is, and he passed for COVID last year, thank God. He was a menace to the world. He now was, tell us what you really feel about yeah, it. Yeah, he was part of- I almost of, just spit my water out. <laughs> no, but he, when you said, thank God. Yes, <laughs> the, the guy was a killer and a thief. He worked under Tony Spilatro. He's part of the hole in the wall gang. Now he's a chef. I mean- You know I, what would be cool? That he created one of his own recipes, ate it and died. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it's so crazy because I'm, you know, we all heard the name Sammy the Bull. Now he has a television show. These guys committed, they, and they copped the plea on a lot of murders. Anyway, this, what was, this world is so crazy that we now find them entertaining. I mean, what was the question? About a cookbook. About a, if Gianni will do a cookbook. If I will make a cookbook. That, that was the question. That really got out of hand for a second. Yeah. No, I mean... Anybody else? I mean, Frank Collada didn't even know he had a stove. (laughs) Once you get a name and you can't write, you write a cookbook. Okay. (laughs) So what's your answer, Gianni? No. Buy our products. They're really good. You have enough food in your life, don't you think? Stop cooking. (laughs) Buy our products. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. Well, yeah. All right. (laughs) Oh, next one. Okay. This is from Nathan. Nathan says, Hi, Pat. I'm so glad you're well after COVID. I recently purchased Bloodshot Eyes and can't wait to read it after loving Popline. Best wishes to the Big G and Miss Megan as well. Whoa. Oh, thank you very much. I was wondering who the Big G is, and I realized it's me. No. That would be you. (laughs) Thank you for purchasing the book. I appreciate it. No, thank you, Nathan. Please. Perfect. They're great books. Moving on. I can attest to that. All right, next is from Mariana. 
Mariana says, Gianni, my grandmother grew up on Mulberry Street in Little Italy, Little Italy, Manhattan, and she used to go on about how special the area was. How do you feel it has changed? Does it make you sad at all to visit the old neighborhood? Sad? I can cry. Really? <laughs> oh. It's half Chinese now. It's half everything. Again, our good friend Giuliani said you can't just keep this t Italian, so they infiltrated China, Chinese cross Canal Street, and I mean, I love Chinese people, but talking about just what she was talking about, the old neighborhood, and you could leave your doors open. It was controlled by the mob. God forbid you did something wrong in that neighborhood. They didn't handle it. They didn't call a cop. And it was safe. You could leave, like I said, girls and mothers and sisters would walk the streets at night and had no problem. Not anymore. No, it's a... Uh, I think... I, I, what do you think the square blocks are now that are Italian? About two square blocks? You got oh, no, 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 it is, no. They keep making it smaller. It, it still goes down to Hester Street. You know, it's, it's, uh -huh. it's, it is about, you know, if you want to include Mott, you know, you got Grand Canal. You, that's, you got Mott about Bay a, Elizabeth. I think yeah, that was yeah you got a six box square yet that's still yeah. totally yeah. Italian. Well, not totally Italian, but 80% Italian, let's say. All right. Okay. Next is from Tyler. Tyler says, Gianni, are you a sports fan at all? If so, which is your favorite? I got into football only because uh, my good friend and brother-in-law, Pat Bolin, owned the Denver Broncos. And I got involved in a script called Any Given Sunday. And he just won the Super Bowl that year. So Pacino and Oliver Stone and Shanahan and all of us got together. And we created a great movie, you should see it. We had 38 movie stars, and it drew me into sports. And I, I mean, I, I'm the guy that was very good friends to me during making that movie was Jerry Jones. He allowed us to shoot in Dallas when the NFL said, don't do anything with this movie, they're making us look bad, and he, he don't care about too many things. And uh, we, you know, shot there for a month, and at, at, and he was very gracious with us. And, uh, you know, we had 38 movie stars, Charleston, Heston, and Margaret. And for, ever since then, you know, I watched the Giants. I, I like watching football, but teams that I have something to do with, you know. And I, I've been following, you know, so many guys for years. But it's all good. I, that's all I watch. I don't watch. Baseball's too slow for me. It's like watching grass grow. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Next one is from Gina. Gina says, Pat, have you seen any good movies lately? I love hearing about your take on new films. Uh, you know, I'm watching a lot of streaming stuff. There's a movie uh, now that I just finished watching called Dope Sick. Uh, riveting. It's about the uh, Sackler family uh, who owns Purdue Pharma, who almost destroyed this country with Oxycontin. Uh, it's, uh, they release an episode a week. I think I, I've watched four. It is riveting and it's, uh, it's very well acted. It's, it's just, it's a great movie. And today I watched a, uh, newly released film on Netflix called a forgotten battle. It's a, a film that was made by, uh, people in the Netherlands. Uh, if you think, uh, saving private Ryan was phenomenal you got to see this picture really that's one of my favorites wow it's the most expensive uh movie ever made in the uh in the netherlands but i'm thinking maybe they only made three movies i mean what do i know i was just gonna say they don't, they don't make, <laughs> yeah. they're not known for their film <laughs> i'm a big world war ii buff and this was a very very expensive and right on the money movie it's called the forgotten battle i highly recommend it wow Interesting. We got to have a segment of you doing movie credits each week. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, I, you know, a, a well written, well acted movie. I mean, I could lose myself, and there's not too many of those around. Like, yeah, unfortunately. All right, I think we have time for one more. This one is from Nick. Nick says, Gianni, out of Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Talia Shire, and Diane Keaton, who did you get along with the best? At Megan the time of shooting. It's a, it's it's do you? I read it in the in the past tense, but who do you get along with the oh, most? Oh, 
Why? Well, I, I mean, obviously it would be Pacino and De Niro. I mean, the girls. Diane Keaton, I like, and I used to see her a lot when I lived in Beverly Hills. Very friendly. And Tyus Shire is really uh, an, an, an introvert when you get to know her. You know, she was married to David Shire, has children, and you, you don't see her anymore because she's a dedicated grandmother. And, you know, after she did the Rocky series, she just didn't want to work anymore. So, the, I mean, I see Bobby because you know, he called me on a lot of things. Al, we did Any Given Sunday. You know, but, uh, you know, I mean, they're icons. I mean, just for me to say I know them and I can call them on the phone. And they'll take the call. <laughs> it's, uh, that's who I get. I got along with. I I like Gennaro, but he he he's so strange now. So, he'll be happy to hear that. I'm sure. <laughs> well, he stopped calling right. long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is all we have time for tonight, boys. Well, I think it was a great show, and I was entertained. Well, Hope all of you were as at was home. I. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we got a lot of good things in, and uh, you got to keep the reviews. We have some fantastic news that we may be expanding our our viewership. You'll read about it. There'll be more activity for you to interact with, maybe even phone calls instead of mailbags, and you'll or hear both. yourself on the radio, or both. But we do appreciate you Staying with us, we're in uh, what fourth season? Fifth? What is it? Eight, eight. eight season. Eight. Oh my close, God. Close. close. New one every twenty, so we're at oh, eight that's now. Right. Crazy. That's great. And we thank you all for that. Believe me, because there's so much out there for you to take the time and listen to us. We appreciate it. God bless you. Stay safe. And guys, I'll see you on the radio. As Pat see you next say. week. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good night, guys. Good night. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Tell me and I'll be around. I'll be around.